You know what cheers me up? What? Rolled up aces over kings. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. The House of Cards. Today, the game is different. With author and professional poker player Ashley Adams. Okay, well, you have some skill. Hi, everyone. It's Ashley Adams. Welcome to House of Cards. I'll be your host this hour. And what an hour it is. We have one guest, a tremendous author. Uh, Those of you that are familiar with the nonfiction poker world, uh, you've probably read and appreciated James McManus's books, Les Wilson's books, uh, Tony Holden, Al Alvarez, all have written about Las Vegas and poker. Well, we have a new author's book to add to that pantheon. Uh, The name of the author who we'll be interviewing is Doug Swanson. His book is Blood Aces, The Wild Ride of Benny Binion, the Texas Gangster Who Created Vegas Poker. It's an extraordinarily well-written, compelling book. It's going to be out in paperback July 28th, uh, 2015. And uh, I just am eager to talk to Doug about the stories that are in here, sharing some of them with you and also how he did the research that uh, put this book together. So stay tuned. We will be back after a quick timeout. Each year, poker players from around the world compete at the World Series of Poker to claim the title of being the best there is. And now you can bring the big game home with WSOP.com. Experience the thrill and excitement of the World Series of Poker on your computer, tablet, or mobile device. Play against the pros or find yourself pursuing poker's ultimate prize, the coveted WSOP.com bracelet. You can access WSOP.com anywhere in New Jersey. And now, not only can you get up to a $400 deposit bonus, WSOP.com will give you seven free tickets to play in their Welcome Week free roll tournaments. Play as many days as you want during your first week online for your chance to win some real cash. So sign up today and take advantage of the first deposit bonus and those welcome week free rolls. There's even a whole schedule of events where you can qualify for this year's World Series of Poker. Head on over to WSOP.com backslash HOC to sign up and make your first deposit today. That's WSOP.com backslash HOC. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyons, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. to the House of Cards. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants in, get in. Anybody wants out, get out. All right, I'll play. 
Join us online at houseofcardsradio.com. Are we going to play poker? So the poker game has begun. Welcome back, everybody. This is Ashley Adams, your host, and uh, you're listening to House of Cards. I got to tell you, uh, I love to read, and I love I love to read most books about the world of poker and gambling. And up until now, I would have said that my absolute favorite authors, James McManus, uh, Tony Holden, his great book, Big Deal, and Al Alvarez, Biggest Game in Town, and of course, all the novels, Cincinnati Kid and Hustler and the like. I got to add another book to that list. Absolutely, listeners, if you have not gotten a hold of Blood Aces, which is the story of Benny Binion, uh, his life in Texas and then in Las Vegas, you've got to get it. It is amazing, and we are lucky enough to have the author of this great book on the air now. His name is Doug Swanson. I never heard of him before, but sure do I know him now uh, through this book. Welcome, Doug. Glad to have you on the show. Hi, Ashley. Great to be with you. Tell me, where are you physically right now? I know you're on the phone with us, but where where do you live? I am sitting right now in the uh, newsroom of the Dallas Morning News. That's my day job. I'm a reporter for the Morning News. Wow. Well, you sure did great work doing research on this book. How long did it take you to put all this stuff together? Oh, about two or three years. Uh, I was working full-time throughout so uh, at my reporter job, so I had to squeeze it in on the uh, Weekends and vacations and nights. So I would say, you know, a couple of years of uh, researching and then about six to nine months of writing. Were you a big poker player gambler when you decided to take this book on? No, I'm a terrible poker player, uh, and I'm I, I don't gamble much because I can't stand losing, which I do most of the time. <laughs> but I I had covered the World Series of Poker for the Dallas Morning News, so I. I was familiar with it, and also I had written a, a story some years ago about a poker player from Oklahoma who was framed for murder, and Benny Binion uh, helped pay his legal bills. So I was I was familiar with Binion that way, and you can't be around Dallas for long still without hearing the name Benny Binion. So uh, the the he, he was in my head for a long time before I decided to write the book. I see. So you were familiar with him. You had written about the subject to which he was connected, and you had actually covered the World Series of Poker, so you knew a lot of the lore. Um, right. Let's get right into it. And let me start by looking at the big picture, and then maybe we can drill down, and maybe you can tell us some interesting stories from the book. Um, my impression of Benny Binion, and I consider myself, you know, I've been playing poker for a lot of years. I've been to Las Vegas dozens of times. I've played at Binion's many times. I've met his son, Jack. I knew all the story from McManus's book about the murder trial. I, I thought I knew him, and I thought, I mean, I thought he was a kind of lovable rogue. Yeah, he was involved in crime, but he was, uh, you know, he did only what he had to do. He wasn't really a bad guy. Your book completely exploded that, I guess I would now call it a myth, because tell me if I got it wrong, but it seemed from your account that he was a, I mean, a serious, heavy-duty, violent guy, more like Al Capone than uh, Diamond Jim Brady, or just a kind of unscrupulous guy. How would you characterize him, big picture-wise? Well, I, I don't think he was uh, 
he certainly wasn't a bloodthirsty guy. He was not someone who went out and killed people for the pleasure of of killing them by any means. So that 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 was not Benny Binion. And you you say he was a lovable guy. Yes, he was. I mean, people would say and still say he was the best friend you could ever have and the worst enemy you could ever have. Uh, if he loved you, you loved him because. Uh, he got along with people really well and was extremely generous, and, and people are still extremely loyal to him. But if you were on his bad side or if you got in his way or he saw you as a business rival, you either needed to uh, get out of town or uh, you were in serious danger. Well, it wasn't just his reputation of being tough, but I mean, he had a number of people killed, right? That's correct, and the number is still up for debate. I mean, Benny Binion only admitted to killing himself a couple of people. He killed a, a rival's number operator here in Dallas, and he killed a rival bootlegger. He never served any time for that because he owned the cops and he owned the courts. But there were numerous people who uh, tangled with Binion and his, and his interests who uh, wound up dead. Who was the major rival that he ended up uh getting with an explosive device in front of a mailbox? Can you tell us about that? a man named Herbert Noble, who was a rival operator here in Dallas, and uh, he owed uh, Binion a percentage of his games, and Binion upped the percentage, and Noble refused to pay it. So this started a series of attempts on Herbert Noble's life that continued for many years. Uh, Every time uh, that the people hired by Binion tried to kill Noble. They were unsuccessful. They tried blowing him up. They tried shooting him. They tried any number of uh, methods and and always missed. Sometimes they got a piece of him, but they uh, were never successful until very late in the game. So how did they end up getting him? Well, I should say that that the the, the locals uh, here in Dallas started calling Herbert Noble the cat because uh, <laughs> he'd been missed lives. so many times. Uh, but he became famous because of these attempts on his life. He got fan mail from all over the world. He loved to go to his mailbox every day. So even the most inept hitman would figure that out. They put a bomb by his mailbox, and when uh, Noble drove up to get his mail, they set it off, and that finally was the end of Herbert Noble. Wow. And we are going to be back quickly, so stay tuned. Attention poker players! Do you like using your tablet or phone at the poker table, but hate running out of battery at the end of a long tournament day or cash game? Then you need the Grinder Gadget. The Grinder Gadget is a portable, compact charging station and stand designed by poker players for poker players. It gently grips the rail and allows you to prop up and charge your phone or tablet without touching the felt. The Grinder Gadget not only works well on a poker rail, but just about anywhere an airplane tray, a desk, anywhere. No more setting up your tablet on some wobbly table or leaving it on the floor. Its battery is powerful enough to charge most tablets and phones and still have plenty of juice left over for your headphones or any other device you have. You can even purchase a backup battery for those extra long sessions or trips. So if you like to grind while you grind, the Grinder Gadget is exactly what you've been waiting for. Check out www.grindergadget.com for more information. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grinder Gadget. 
You're listening to the House of Cards. Do you know what a straight flush is? It's like unbeatable. Like unbeatable is not unbeatable. Hey, I know that now. Hey, poker players, welcome back. This is Ashley Adams. You're listening to House of Cards. I want our listeners, first of all, to remember that or to learn that we're talking to Doug Swanson. His book is Blood Aces, The Wild Ride of Benny Binion, the Texas gangster who created Vegas poker. He was also a gambling operator in... He was. He he ran uh, some casinos here in Dallas. He... uh, it should be said that he he was not a, an innocent person by any means. He had a, a plan at one point. He was a pilot. He flew uh, single-engine airplanes, and the police caught him uh, one day welding bomb racks uh, onto the wings of his airplanes. There were two bombs uh, on the ground beside the airplane, and he had a map to uh, Benny Binion's Las Vegas home in his pocket. And his plan was to put these bombs on the bomb racks and uh, fly to Las Vegas go over Benny Binion's home there on the Bonanza <laughs> Road and drop bombs on the house. But he didn't carry it out. He did not. The, the police intervened. Right. Uh, I Tell us a little bit more about uh, the span of time that Benny was in the, the business of illegal activity. Because at least my impression had always been yeah, he, he was in Texas. He was a gambler that occasionally crossed the other side of the line. He did some violent things. But then he kind of picked up stakes and moved to Nevada, and then he lived a clean life for the most part. But that's not really true, is it? Well, partly he, he did start in Dallas uh, as, as a gambler. He came here and actually started as a bootlegger in the 1920s. Uh, this was during Prohibition. So he he made his way here and and was making a pretty good living as a bootlegger, but he wanted to get into the gambling business. He started this uh, thing called the policy game, which was a numbers operation. Then he got into the dice business and was extremely successful from 1936 to 1946. He was the biggest racketeer probably in all of Texas. But he got run out of town when a reform administration was elected. Uh, so that's when he went to Las Vegas in 1946. And he was part of this great wave of racketeers, mobsters, other gambling operators who were descending upon Las Vegas uh, to start modern Vegas with the, with the casinos and, and all the operations there. And Binion had to swim in those waters. It was not a place for a, a guy who didn't know how to be violent, who didn't know how to, to break the law when he had to. And so numerous people kept winding up dead, who confronted or didn't uh, agree with Benny Binion. Did he have a reputation of killing people that he found cheating at his place? Not killing, usually, and he didn't do it personally, uh, but you didn't cheat at Binion's uh, if, if you did, or at the horseshoe, rather. If you did, in many cases, you were taken out back and beaten or hosed down. Uh, there was one man who was shot in the head and killed on the sidewalk in front of the horseshoe. He had created a disturbance. But the reputation was uh, you didn't mess around there. They didn't call the cops. They had their own security force, and they would take you out back and handle you as they saw fit. 
Mm-hmm. Did did he have? I know you you just mentioned that he was there at really the founding of modern Las Vegas when a lot of the mob was there as well. And uh, I'm wondering if he ever had, if you could share with our listeners, if he ever had any alliances uh, with the mafia, if they ever approached him. I seem to remember stuff in the book, but can you explain how he related to the much bigger mobster picture in the United States? Sure. He, uh, I call him in the book the Will Rogers of mobsters because he never met one he didn't like. He, he would talk about how Bugsy Siegel was the greatest guy in the world. Uh, Mo Dalitz was a, was a good friend of his. He got along with them pretty well. Now, there came a time. Uh, he went to Leavenworth for tax evasion in the 1950s, and uh, he lost control of the horseshoe to some of the mobsters when he went to Leavenworth, and he had to come back and, and regain control. So there was some, some friction there with people like Eddie Levinson and others. But in general, he got along with them really well. He wasn't a part of the traditional mob. He had his own little racket going, but I think they all respected each other. And uh, they, they respected Benny, and Benny respected them. And in general, they got along pretty well. But he never uh, formed any alliances that reached out to other parts of the country or the world as far as any of the illegal activity that the mafia was involved in, did he? Oh, I think they were very tenuous. I mean, the the, the Binion family ran the horseshoe uh, unto itself. They didn't need other connections, and they didn't, I think, aspire to branch out, they didn't have any uh, any ambitions to uh, have horseshoes everywhere or to uh, get into other activities. You know, the, the traditional mob activities of prostitution or drugs or, or uh, trucking or whatever. They just wanted to run their casino, and they ran it really well and made and made a bunch of money. So they didn't need the mob, and so there was not that strong connection. Now there were relationships. There's no doubt about that, but it was not part of the web. I see. That's that's the conclusion that I came to. Uh, what is his legacy now? I mean, he, he had children. Uh, of course, we know what happened to Ted Binion uh, from James McManus's book. What's the legacy now of Benny Binion? Well, I think primarily it's the World Series of Poker. I mean, he started it in, in 1970. He and his son Jack, just a handful of players there in the in the horseshoe in downtown Las Vegas. It was. Uh, Really, a publicity stunt at the time. He just wanted to get a few more people into the casino during the dead months of the year, and it grew a little bit more every year uh, until becoming what you see today, with you know thousands of players and millions in prize money. But I, I think that's his his main legacy. But there's something else as well. I I say in the book that I don't think anyone in American criminal justice can match Benny Binion's path from. Uh, he was he started out as really a common street thug and he became a racketeer and then he became a respected businessman in Las Vegas and then through philanthropy and relationships and fear he became a beloved civic figure and there are still people many people in Las Vegas who will tell you how much they love and respect Benny Binion he became an icon in that city unfortunately his kids with the exception of Jack, I suppose, really didn't follow in his uh, good citizen footprint. Can you tell us, I don't know if any of your research must have involved talking to them or at least talking about them, what happened with Ted and Becky? They didn't seem to really live up to his standards of uh, 
of charitable good works? Well, uh, Ted, we all know the story of, and now uh, there was a, um, a daughter, Barbara, who died. She had a drug problem, and, and she died, and, and there is some debate as to whether she committed suicide or just accidentally overdosed. So two of the five children uh, did not survive. Now, there's uh, Brenda, who uh, cooperated with me for the book. She's a rancher in Amarillo, Texas. She's a very nice lady, very uh, very warm, and was generous with her time and information, and she was a, a wonderful help to me in the book. So she's, she has not been involved in the gambling business. She's far more interested in horses, as Benny was. I mean, he was a big-time rancher in Montana and, and loved horses and, uh, and loved to ride and, and sell and all that. Um, but there are these three children. Jack was, of course, involved in, uh, in gambling and, and the operations. And uh, Becky did not want to talk to me for the book, so I can't really address you know what, what her motivations were or, or what she's doing now. But uh, there are those three surviving children. We're going to take a break, and then we'll be right back. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a pro-caliber poker table. Pro-caliber tables are made with high-quality gaming suede and suited speed cloths. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a pro-caliber poker table. Here's how. Use offer code HOC Radio when you check out at ProCaliberPoker.com or when ordering by phone at 240-25-POKER. That's 240-257-6537. Remember, to get your free gift when ordering your poker table, use offer code HOC Radio. That's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O. Order by phone at 240-257-6537 or online at ProCaliberPoker.com. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code BABE16 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code BABE16. That's B-A-B-E-16 at adamandeve.com. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. 
They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. Need to sell your house fast? We're Homevestors, the We Buy Ugly Houses people. You've seen our big yellow billboards with our caveman Ugg, but did you know that Homevestors is America's number one home buyer? At Homevestors, we can buy your house as is, pay you cash, and usually pay most of the closing costs, and we close fast. Call today for your no obligation consultation and get out of that ugly real estate situation. If your house needs repairs, you're ready to downsize. Tired of renters and those rental property repairs, retiring, experiencing a job transfer, inherited a property, or just need to sell your house fast. Do what thousands of satisfied Homevestor customers have done. Call Homevestors today for a no-obligation consultation at 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. We'll close fast and pay cash. So what are you waiting for? Call Homevestors today. 866-I-WANT-UG. 866-I-WANT-UG. Hi, listeners. This is Ashley Adams. I just wanted to let you know about a newspaper in the New England area. If you're looking for poker tournaments or the latest promotions at Foxwoods, Mohegan Sun, Twin River, or if you want to find out what's happening in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, or other casinos around the country, then I recommend you check out New England Gaming News for all the latest news, events, and hot casino action from around the region. You can do that in one of two ways. You can either pick up their free copies at gambling venues throughout New England, or you can visit them at www.thenegn.com and sign up for exclusive specials and promotions. That's www.thenegn.com. The N-E-G-N, T-H-E-N-E-G-N dot com. The New England Gaming News, New England's only resource for complete casino and poker news. Hey, this is Dave Weishadol from House of Cards with your House of Cards gaming report for the week of June 8th, 2015. Well, the World Series of Poker opened its 2015 events with a record breaker. The Colossus was the biggest poker tournament of all time with a field of 22,374 players. The tournament had an entrance fee of $565 with a prize pool of $11.2 million, which was spread out among 2,241 players. The winner was 25-year-old Lance Garcia from Houston, Texas, who won over $638,000. New Jersey lawmakers introduced a bill last week which would allow a statewide referendum on building as many as three casinos in northern New Jersey. In order for the referendum to be held in November, legislation on the measure has to be passed by August 3rd. The Hard Rock Casino has already unveiled its plans for a billion-dollar Meadowlands Casino, which would cover 650,000 square feet, have 200 gaming tables, and 5,000 slot machines right on the Hudson River. And finally, did you ever wish you could buy a lottery ticket that smelled like bacon? Yeah, me neither. But someone in Indiana thought it would be a good idea. The Hoosier Lottery has debuted a new scratch-off ticket with the scent of bacon. 
The ticket costs $2, and people can win up to $10,000. But five lucky players will win a 20-year supply of bacon. The game is called, yep, you guessed it, bringing home the bacon. Have any news or tips regarding casinos, gaming, or legislation? Send us an email at newsroom at houseofcardsradio.com and follow us on Twitter at HOC Radio. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards. The weather is getting nicer, so grab your tablet or your cell phone and bring nj.partypoker.com with you. Why would you want to go to Atlantic City or Pennsylvania, pay for gas, pay for parking, fight the crowds, when you can play the same games at home or wherever you are? If you're 21 and in New Jersey, go to nj.partypoker.com and sign up using the promo code HOC. Start playing and start winning some cash. It's that easy. Go to nj.partypoker.com and sign up today with promo code HOC. Yes. When one is outmatched, the game is over. Checkmate. Not chess, Mr. Spark. Poker. Do you know the game? A very interesting game, this poker. It does have advantages over chess. Love to teach it to you. You're listening to the House of Cards. Hey, everybody. It's Ashley Adams. Welcome to House of Cards again. Listeners, we're talking to Doug Swanson, author of Blood Aces. When you did research for the book, you were digging up some old stuff and maybe rubbing raw some sores of discontent from the past. Did you ever feel that you were in dangerous territory at all, or was it totally a safe operation? Oh, I don't think it was dangerous so much as fascinating. There was a man in uh, Dallas here named R.D. Matthews who was uh, said to be one of uh, Benny Binion's hitmen back in the day, and I found out he was still living here in Dallas. He was 91 years old. He was said to be the toughest man in Dallas in his day. He only had one eye because he'd been shot through the head. And I thought, i got to go out and talk to this 91-year-old retired hitman. So I went out to his house. Uh, and, uh, you know, hitman, retired hitman must have a pretty good pension plan because he lived in a big house with a nice pool. And we sat out beside his pool and had a wonderful conversation about the uh, all the things, not all the things, many of the things that happened in the old days. He wouldn't uh, talk about the people he was uh, alleged to have killed. He drew the line there. But we had a great time. Uh, and that, that was fun. Now, there were some things that I think brought a little discomfort. I know the family uh, is very upset that I say in the book that uh, late in his life, uh, Benny Binion became an FBI informant. They're, they're extremely unhappy with me about that. They've made that clear. But the fact is, it's in the records. It's it's right there very explicitly in the FBI records that, that Benny Binion was a confidential informant for the FBI. Well, it's funny, isn't it, that they don't seem to mind the fact that you have shown a spotlight on his criminal, uh, illegal, uh, murderous activity, but the fact that he was an informant really troubles them? <laughs> it's just well, kind of... <laughs> I can't explain that, <laughs> except... Uh, that was new. I, I don't think that had been uh, written about before. I can I could find no record of it anyway. So that uh, how did you that, uncover that, and exactly what was it, and how did he get to be an informant? 
Well, and he covered it by getting his FBI file, which anyone can get. I mean, all you have to do is file an open records or a Freedom of Information Act request with the FBI and wait a little while, and they'll send it to you. And, you know, thousands of pages will will come right to your doorstep via the U.S. mail. Uh, But I I went through that and saw that and, and was quite surprised because Benny Benny hated the FBI. The FBI helped send him to federal prison. Uh, for tax evasion. So he he had no friends, but no friends in the FBI. But this was Binion's MO his entire life. I I said earlier, he owned the cops, he owned the courts. He made friends with people in authority. And this was his way of controlling them. His best friend when he was in Dallas, his very best friend, was the most powerful man in the Dallas County Sheriff's Office. Now, can you imagine the top racketeer in town being being good friends with the most powerful lawman in town? But that's the way it was, and that's the way he worked it his entire life. Uh, so I think that by being a confidential informant for the FBI, that was his way of, of keeping tabs on the FBI in Las Vegas. That yeah, was, but, it was just a business decision on his part. Well, but they ended up putting him away. Did he become an informant after the fact or before the fact? After the fact, when he came back, uh, after he served his federal prison time, he came back and started the horse, gained control of the horseshoe again, and that's when he, when he became this FBI informant. I'm not sure he ever gave them any valuable information. I, I didn't see any evidence in the FBI files that he was a particularly good informant, but he certainly was as far as their, they have a status in the FBI that's called confidential informant, and that's what he was. Well, it sounds a little bit like the Whitey Bulger story. I think there are many parallels to that. Uh, I have a couple more questions about this book, and I just want to also mention that uh, for those that are interested in it, you have a paperback version coming out July 28th. Is that right? That's correct. Late July, the paperback will be out. Who's the publisher? Viking, same people who did the hardback. Ah, I see. Okay. Do you know what the price point will be? I don't. That's a good question. I mean, not price point, what the price will be. (laughs) They don't let me in on those decisions. (laughs) Okay. Um, But a couple of other questions about the story itself. And um, one of my most, uh, one of the things that I'm interested the most in is trying to uncover the truth or the falsehood of the famous Johnny Moss, uh, Nick the Greek story of the game, the first game that allegedly took place. Right. And can you tell us, A, what the public story is, and then, B, what your takeaway is about the likelihood that it took place exactly as it's been reported? Sure. The the, the legend is that uh, Johnny Moss and Nick the Greek met in this great poker game, this battle for the ages in the horseshoe, and this went on for weeks, you know, back and forth and back and forth, and uh, finally... Johnny Moss won this Titanic battle and then walked over to Binion's tables and lost the entire bundle of how many millions at the, at the table right away. And it's a great story, and it's, and it's uh, part of the great poker myth now. But as other writers have pointed out, uh, there's, there's no evidence that this ever occurred. There are no photographs still uh, going around that show this battle. Uh, there was no contemporary news coverage at uh, Nick the Greek's funeral. Nothing was mentioned about that. Benny Binion himself, uh, toward the end of his life, 
uh, sat down with an oral historian from the University of Nevada, gave a long interview that runs to about 100 pages, uh, and did not mention this supposed epic occurrence one time. And, and he was going through the entire story of his life. So I've never seen any evidence uh, that it occurred. Uh, James McManus, I think, comes to the same conclusion, and so do some other poker writers. That Les Wilson? Story. Yeah, right. They Both of them. Great story, but, uh, you know, where's where's the proof? Where's Shouldn't there have been maybe just a couple of lines in the local newspaper about it going on? Uh, shouldn't right. someone es- have snapped a photo? Right. Especially since the at least the setup of it was all for publicity, right? It was all yeah. to bring attention. Well, how do you say you did something to bring attention when the newspapers of the time have not one word about it and there's not one photograph you'd think if it was a publicity stunt, which allegedly, I mean, stunt's probably too narrow a term. If it was a publicity event, there would have been coverage. Exactly. So, so do you conclude it? that nothing happened or that something happened but not on that scale? What, what do you think? What's your, what's your takeaway? Well, I'm hardly the expert on that, so I'm going to go with the other experts. And, and you know, maybe something happened. Maybe the two were, were there together. Maybe there was a little game, and this thing has just grown grown over the ages to be this uh, this creation myth for uh, for poker uh, I don't know maybe it's you know there's this there's a, a phrase in a newspaper uh, newspaper world uh, about a story too good to check right maybe this is one of those believe the myth uh, yeah because it's a good story Print the legend yeah right uh, I want to get to you a little bit, Doug. I know your day job is as a reporter in Dallas, but you've written some not, some fiction in the past. What have you written, and uh, what are you going to be writing? I've written uh, five crime novels. Uh, they were written a while back. They're all set in, uh, in Texas, uh, and I did that for about 10 years and uh, finally got tired of it and decided to move to nonfiction. So Blood Aces is my first nonfiction work. And I'm now at work on a, uh, a history of the Texas Rangers, not the baseball team, the, the law enforcement organization, which is a very rich and uh, and detailed and uh, violent and fascinating history. What is the time frame that your history is set in? Starts from 1823 and runs to the present. Have you listened to the radio broadcasts of the tales of the Texas Rangers? Oh yeah, I'm listening to that, and I'm I'm reading everything, and you know they've got quite an image, and and they they really worked to get that image. So I'm I'm trying to figure out uh, what the truth is behind the image. That's great, and uh, I just want to know: can you leave us with? We have about a minute and a half left. One thing that our listeners don't know about Benny Binion that might make them think, "Wow, I want to find out more." Well, I think uh, that Binion was the most uh, beloved gangster ever in America. And I would defy anyone to uh, prove to me otherwise. You can look at all the other gangsters, and, yeah, some of them have uh, maybe uh, uh, part of, partial images of, uh, of being uh, having some affection, some community affection, all of that. But in the end, they all ended up in prison or defeated or in, in some dwindling retirement. But Benny Binion ended up uh, uh, triumphant. 
And at his 83rd birthday party, there were 18,000 people on their feet shouting, Benny, Benny, Benny. Now, the free beer may have had something to do with that. <laughs> but there, there is nobody that ended up the way Benny did. He was just the, uh, a, of himself. There, there is no one like him. And I don't think his story will ever be matched. Well, you know, I can't think of a better told story than the one that you've told in Blood Aces. It was fascinating. I thought I knew a lot about it, and I learned many things that I didn't know. But more than that, the way you've told the story makes it compelling in a way that very, very few other nonfiction books are. I mean, I think of uh, Positively Fifth Street, but even more than McManus, you have created a story that is fascinating as you go through it and i i really thank you for it and i encourage all of our listeners to go out and get a copy they don't have to buy a copy they can go to the library but i i just love this book and i'm really glad we got to have you on the air well thank you ashley i really appreciate it it's been great fun and i would i would encourage anyone i love libraries so yeah go to the library or if you have an independent bookstore in your town that's a very tough business these days and and i would urge anyone to support the independents if they can Great. Well, we'll have paperback out July 28th. Doug Swanson, author of Blood Aces, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Ashley. It was fun. Okay. Take care. Listeners, we will be back after a quick break. Each year, poker players from around the world compete at the World Series of Poker to claim the title of being the best there is. And now you can bring the big game home with WSOP.com. Experience the thrill and excitement of the World Series of Poker on your computer, tablet, or mobile device. Play against the pros or find yourself pursuing poker's ultimate prize, the coveted WSOP.com bracelet. You can access WSOP.com anywhere in New Jersey. And now, not only can you get up to a $400 deposit bonus, WSOP.com will give you seven free tickets to play in their Welcome Week free roll tournaments. Play as many days as you want during your first week online for your chance to win some real cash. So sign up today and take advantage of the first deposit bonus and those Welcome Week free rolls. There's even a whole schedule of events where you can qualify for this year's World Series of Poker. Head on over to WSOP.com backslash HOC to sign up and make your first deposit today. That's WSOP.com backslash HOC. Attention poker players. Do you like using your tablet or phone at the poker table but hate running out of battery at the end of a long tournament day or cash game? Then you need the Grinder Gadget. The Grinder Gadget is a portable, compact charging station and stand designed by poker players for poker players. It gently grips the rail and allows you to prop up and charge your phone and tablet without touching the felt. The Grinder Gadget not only works really well on a poker rail, but just about anywhere. An airplane tray, a desk, anywhere. No more setting up your tablet on some wobbly table or leaving it on the floor. Its battery is powerful enough to charge most tablets and phones and still have plenty of juice left over for your headphones or any other device you have. You can even purchase a backup battery for those extra long sessions or trips. So if you like to grind while you grind, the Grinder Gadget is exactly what you've been waiting for. Check out www.grindergadget.com for more information. Get grinding and stay grinding with the Grinder Gadget. Hey, this is Dave from House of Cards, and I just wanted to take a minute to tell you about Jersey Man Magazine. 
Whether you're born and bred in Jersey like me, or even from Jersey but live somewhere else, Jersey Man is the perfect magazine for you. Health issues, state business news, sports, food, you name it, Jersey Man talks about it in a fun and informative way. They even host their own networking events where you can meet and greet other community members and professionals. With contributors like Bill Lyon, Stan Hockman, and George Anastasia with his own mob scene column, Jersey Man covers our region like no one else. Check out their website, jerseymanmagazine.com, for more information and some really cool Jersey Man merchandise. Jersey Man's available at most major newsstands, and you can even subscribe online. That's jerseymanmagazine.com. Jersey Man Magazine. Hey, if you're from Jersey, it's the only magazine you'll ever need. This is House of Cards Radio with Ashley Adams. Everybody is to leave here immediately. This cafe is closed until further notice. Clear the room at once. How can he close me up? On what ground? I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. You're winning, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Everybody out at once. I love that scene from Casablanca. It's so, so subtle. Uh, <laughs> uh, everybody, I'm Ashley Adams. In case you didn't know, this is House of Cards, and uh, this is my favorite segment, the mailbag segment. I'm in studio with my producer, Dave Wyshaddle, as we are every week. What do we have this week? Well, first we have our snazzy new Party Poker baseball hat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Thank you, nj.partypoker.com. It's legal in New Jersey. It is. I hope so. I I think I was on there every day. (laughs) (laughs) No, but uh, we have them because Party Poker was nice enough to give us a bunch of them. So anyone who sends in a question or a comment gets a party poker well uh, it has to be a qualifying question comment, yeah i know how are you ashley (laughs) how do you spell your name all right good well well, and if you have a question it's info at houseofcardsradio.com our twitter address is at hoc radio you can leave a question for us on facebook or call our hotline leave a message at 609-474-4627 say that one more time dave oh, all of it okay no no say the phone number again. oh okay 609 474-4627 i hope it's, people it's will a weird, call it it's a weird number because i think when doug our executive producer and my brother got it i think it was it spelled out something doug didn't it what did it spell out it, it spelled out h o c r and it's a prime number it it is okay. Well, all right. I'll take your word for it. I don't know, but I figure now people will be looking at it really closely to make sure. Yeah. So, what do we have? Well, a couple of weeks back in our mailbag section, you said you were going to Arizona, and uh, we got a question from Nick from Carterville, Illinois, who listens to us on WGGH Monster Radio, and he's going to the Phoenix area in a couple of weeks and wanted to know if there are any good places to play. Well, that's a very good question, and the honest answer is there is a gray market for poker that I was not able to tap into. These are rooms that are quasi-legal. There have been a number of them shut down. They are not on reservations. Uh, we had a guest who talked about them. I don't remember his name. Oh, that's right, yeah. My head. yeah. But 
it used to be a thriving mom-and-pop kind of industry all through the state. But according to this guy who runs a blog and who has a, a website, uh, the state is in league with the legal casinos, the Indian reservations okay. that he describes as extortionary in the rake that they charge. I wouldn't go that far. But that they are going out of their way to try to crack down against these not quite legal places. Um, so I haven't played in them, but there are a lot. Mm-hmm. And if he has anybody he knows, he should try to find one, I think, because they sound like the rakes are more reasonable. That being said, there are a number of Indian reservations, and I've played at a few of them. I find the rake to be a little high. It's like $5 maximum instead of $4 maximum. But compared to the rake that I paid in Japan, in, <laughs> yeah, right. in Korea, and in India, and a lot of places around the world, it's certainly not extortionary. It's I would describe it as a little high. There's a but, but wonderful no, game. But no hot towel, though. No, no hot, hot towel. <laughs> uh, L- listen to our mailbag about the, his yes, uh, Japanese last, trip, and you'll get week. that joke. <laughs> um, Casino Arizona Talking Stick is a wonderful big room. Uh, there's a new poker room manager a guy whose name I forget, but he's a wonderful guy, runs a very good room, a lot of games, a lot of game variety, a lot of players, and uh, I would recommend it. There's also uh, Fort McDowell. That's been there a long time. They don't have nearly the action. And there are a few other places. If you go on thepokeratlas.com, you can find all the places. That's up in the Phoenix area. Down in Tucson, there's Desert Diamond. There's Casino del Sol. Um, and actually there may be one other one, but those two have regular games, and I would, again, go on the PokerAtlas.com and see what's going on. Are these relatively close together, or, I mean, can the, you hit two in one day? Oh, yeah. One isn't oh, good? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. The Phoenix Rooms, uh, and I'm forgetting the third, the, the one that's really the rival to Talking Stick, I forget. He'll find out as soon as he goes to the PokerAtlas.com. And Fort McDowell, you can play in all three. There's also a few smaller rooms up in the uh, Phoenix area, also within 20, 30 miles. Uh, Tucson is about an hour and a half to the south. Uh, You can certainly do that also in a day. But if I were only to play in one place in the Phoenix slash Tucson area, I'd go to Talking Stick and play there. Uh, If you had a couple of days or if you wanted variety, try any of the other ones out, and I'm sure you'll be fine. Is that it? That's we it. done? That's it. We're Doug, done. I think we're done. Thank you, everybody. We'll be back after a quick break. Stay tuned. Make your game night the envy of all your friends and family. Play on a one-of-a-kind table. Play on a Pro-Caliber poker table. Pro-Caliber tables are made with the highest quality gaming suede on the market. And with their Table Builder app, customers can create a table to accommodate any game. Select one of the in-stock designs from their site or imprint your own. And now, you can get a free 600-count coin inlay chipset when you purchase a Pro-Caliber poker table. Here's how. 
Use offer code H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O. That's H-O-C-R-A-D-I-O when you check out at ProCaliber.com or when ordering by phone at 24025-POKER. 24025-POKER. That's 240-257-6537. ProCaliber Poker Tables. Stop playing around and get that table you've been looking for. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.